Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Puzzled Minds Podcast. Today's guest is Dharma, so please give him a warm welcome. Oh, yeah, you can say hi. Uh, oh, <laughs> what's up, guys? I feel, I feel like we need that sound effect that has like the automatic audience clap. Oh, yeah. Well, here you go. Can, can laughter here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can hear that, but... Um, today's topic is brought to you by the letter V for vulnerability, specifically male vulnerability. Um, shout out to Craig for proposing this. Um, he had said that if we do this topic, we do have to at least give him a shout out. So here's your shout out, Craig. Um, today we'll be talking about society and how it defines masculinity and maybe, you know, is it time for a change on how we look at it? Um, so I kind of want to start it off with, you know, I was looking at this topic and I was like, I don't really know where to start with this. And so I thought it would be best to kind of like define or not even define, just give examples of what is an acceptable time to cry. Um, and so, you know, you can think of like three or four, I guess, monumental times where you can cry, whether it's like a death of a loved one, um, a pet, uh, baby delivery, maybe pro- proposal um, and a wedding. Like, I feel like yeah, those are the main dude, things. for sure. Like when I proposed to Mo, uh, like a month ago, like I was trying to fight back those, those tears when I was reading her, my little spiel. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was real. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, for those that were attending my wedding, you know, I, for whatever reason, I guess it all balled up. And right when I saw my wife, like I just started crying. Um, but you know, no one gave me shit for that. They were just like, damn, that's, that's pretty fucking beautiful. I think it's uh-huh. a universal rule that like all men like like because we have like rules when we're like we're when we're allowed to cry. I think it's a universal rule that like when it comes to like marriage, like you can cry for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like, especially the bride, it's almost like a, I think people almost look at it in terms of if you don't cry, that's kind of like off-putting as well too. Like if you just look at your wife, your your future wife, to be and be like, all right, well, let's do this, peace out, you know. <laughs> yeah, people are kind of like he didn't cry at all. If anything, he was laughing. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, you know, that I feel like that's, and well, I guess, you know, when we listed all those things, those are kind of quote, acceptable things of where you can cry, but anything out of that is kind of a gray area per se, you know, and kind of like an archaic way of how you, um, how you, I guess, how you look at things, um, you know, because society kind of creates its own guidelines on what, what is it kind of like appropriate behavior for men and women, and, yeah. you know, particularly with like Western society, we have this like, kind of notion that men should be kind of self-reliant, strong, confident, and which I a hundred percent agree with that. But, you know, so I you think it's just, all the, you can be all those things though, and still be, you know, a vulnerable emotional being. Yeah. I think to your point, the issue is that we're like, especially Western society, we're stuck on this thing that you have to be almost like a movie like character to right. be considered masculine and i think that's the issue because it does come with like maybe emotional like uh someone's emotional growth being stunted because i think for certainly at least i know mine my emotional growth like definitely was stunted for years as a result of the way i saw things and that kind of was based off the environment where i've for a long time viewed crying as like a sign of weakness that's Mm -hmm. that's how i associated things with but that was also because i'm like you see someone like i don't know like john wick or you know jason momoa or all these you know ideals of masculinity and you're like would these motherfuckers cry and then you sit there and look at yourself and you're like you're crying for whatever reason and then it becomes a thing where now you almost are repressing it and then that becomes a whole unhealthy thing to begin with as well too so you start almost regressing 
that's a huge issue that's going on right now is the repression from what you're you know mentioning and, and you take a look at what's going on in the last i don't know 10 15 years where we didn't have it before that but you've got all these you know young males coming out that are repressing their feelings and they're shooting up places and things like that and it's like mm -hmm. well maybe maybe we do need to examine what's acceptable for for men to embrace their feelings and, and, and show their sensitive side because maybe it is a whole mental health issue. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, I was actually going to bring that up a little bit about example, I guess with PTSD, but going back a little bit about how, you know, society kind of pressures the, the, the societal pressures of being a man, I guess, depending on who you talk to, they kind of decide if you should have been softer, calmer, or, anything like that, you know, it's, it's kind of up to, up to whoever you talk to. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, like if I talk to, to Diwa, he might have a definite, a different definition of what is, I guess, acceptable versus, you know, if I talk to Dharma, you know, he might have a different definition. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of up in the air of what is acceptable, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. sure, let's throw it out there. What is acceptable? Well, so that's you know, the tricky part, man. Yeah. That's the thing, because like you said, it's different. Like I would say, like just me personally, I would say I've changed way drastically over the years. Because I've always been I grew up as a person that's always been emotional. Like I've always been an emotional being, whether you want to call it because of my zodiac, I am a Pisces, which is ironic because we're associated with being very emotive people, sometimes with a negative connotation to it. But yeah. I've always been an emotional person and growing up, my emotions were always like aggression. Like I was always in like fights as a kid and I always thought like the way to show the way to exude masculinity was always through shows of force. So it was always, I guess, violence as bad as that sounds. But as I got older and I kind of like, you know, even got into relationships and things like that, I found myself when I was open to people, some of these more aggressive and negative emotions drastically decreased. So I kind of came to realize myself that a lot of these things were fueled by extreme repression because of my very, you know, immature view of, you know, emotions. So I, that's what happened with me, but it took a long time of like, even like crying and stuff like that, that like going back to that, that was a hard thing for me. Like as a kid, I was always like a cry. Like I'd be in a fight and like crying at the same time. So I'm like yeah. whooping ass and like crying, <laughs> which is a very weird thing. So it's like, I'm not showing weakness, but at the same time, the way the emotion is coming out is just coming on that form. But I've learned over the years through like, you know, I've had people in my life that have like cared about me, whether it's, you know, like platonic friendships or romantic, you know, um, partnerships. It's just kind of allowed me to be more comfortable with being emotional, but I still do myself admittedly am kind of sensitive about it because, and it depends who says it. Like if a woman calls you emotional, it's kind of different than your friends. Cause I feel like all guys, we're kind of assholes to each other. Right. Oh, like definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're having a bad day and I'm like, oh, dude, don't be a bitch, whatever. It's like, well, I, it's easy for me to say that because I'm not having a bad day. You're having exactly. a bad day. So we dude, shoot man the, the fuck up. Exactly. It's like, man, the fuck up. Like, all right. So not have emotion. Okay, cool. But if a woman says it, it depends on how it is. Because sometimes I think a lot of men, they fear women saying that because if a woman calls a guy emotional, it's almost an emasculating, it's almost an emasculating term where it's like, this dude's way too emotional. It's like, well, we're supposed to be emotional, but at the same time, it's, it's been used as like a sniper bullet, which I think a lot of men fear getting hit that bullet. So now you have some men that, you know, repress more or less. Absolutely. 
And I, I really think that goes back to the whole, like, well, you've got, you know, alpha males, then you've got beta males. And like, mm -hmm. it, it's the, the fear of being judged by the alpha males and being struck out of society. Like, you look at the the Spartan society where they threw out the weak and they only kept yeah. the strong. It's like, you want to you wanna maintain that, you know, broad chest. You want to be that strong male individual because you go back to the Stone Age where the men or males generally were the ones out hunting the giant mammoths or whatnot, the hunters who brought home the meat and the women were the ones who, you know, cultivated the fire and made sure there were berries to, you know, uh, supplement the meat and take care of the children. So there's been gender roles throughout society that have been questioned up until now. And it's like, well, now it's a little bit more acceptable to do whatever fuck you want. Whereas maybe 50, 70 years ago, you were like cast out of society and be like, oh, you're, you're not a real man. You can't provide for your household. You, you can't take care of your wife and your kids. You know, yeah. who, who, the, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, you're 100% right. Yeah, it, it definitely is that because back then you're getting, they're throwing babies off cliffs that showed a sign of weakness, you know? Literally. So it's, I mean, it's interesting because I that's the thing about as well too now like aesthetics and masculinity also used to be a thing that are fused together like maybe like 10 15 years ago and it seems like now they're starting to separate as well too like how you look i at least you know in my opinion how you look has nothing to do with your masculinity but you know go back 10 years ago you know that it was 100 you know they're synonymous like big bushy mustache you know like big barrel chest you know the guy that like probably like drinks 15 tequila shots can still, you know, have a good time. Like all those things have nothing to do with like being a man or associated with being a man versus now where I think it was starting to be split, but we're in an era now where it needs to be redefined because I mean masculinity, because and also as well too, masculinity used to have a lot to do with your sexuality. Yeah. That's right. the thing. Like, oh, you're, you're a frou-frou, you're a pansy. You're, you're, you probably like other men, you know, like if you're yeah. if that type of way. Mm -hmm. But you have some men that are homosexual that will are literally more masculine than heterosexual people. You know? Oh yeah, totally. So that means masculinity is not masculinity right now is in a flex, but we probably should redefine it. Yeah, and you know, this is kind of like you were talking about how um, you know the narrative is just be a tough guy, and so I kind of want to go kind of side tangent on male vulnerability and kind of like mental health. So you know. I guess we could talk about PTSD and male vulnerability, you know, um, some, some guys, I guess, experience some PTSD and their way of coping is maybe through emotional avoidance, um, you know, holding in their emotions and just capping it. And then me, you know, what's the, what's the benefit of that? Where, like, where does that, where does that end? You know, yeah. um, you know, it could to the point where it just boils over and then something happens that, you know, that's a ex very extreme case, but, that whole mentality of just shut up and deal with it, you know, be tough. Like that's another, um, I guess, issue when you have to deal with PTSD and then mm -hmm. the society pressures of male vulnerability, you know? Mm -hmm. So true. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a very weird thing, I guess, to, to, um, to look at when you, you, you know, when you look at both, it's, yeah. it's a weird yeah. thing, but. I mean, not to make men victims, but like being men, we've kind of been cast aside by like society in terms of like how we're supposed to express our emotions. Because 
I know a lot of times you you tend to see people like you know when it comes to special like dating like that you know women want man that's masculine at the same time a man that also is you know sensitive with particular things it's kind of difficult to be a combination of both you know if you're a person that is like this ideal hyper masculine person people at least from my experience what i've seen mean most dudes tend to suffer in the emotional department like i don't think john wick is a guy that's gonna go to a therapist or a guy that's bringing roses to the love of his life like he may love the hell of that woman but that man you know drips masculinity and i don't think that he maybe his emotional like maturity is up there versus maybe you have somebody else that I don't know. Maybe I can't think of someone who's like considered like even someone like I don't know if you get guy if you know the guy Ezra Miller like he's the guy to play the Flash and um and the I think it was like the Justice League movie and he's been in a lot of a lot of other movies. He's in the but, Harry Potter one too, whichever. Yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, but Ezra Miller is a guy that all guy that I think when they, I sorry I keep using actors and actresses. This is the best way to kind of like uh, you do you do incorporate media a lot. I do, yeah, because it's the easiest way to kind of like give like a default, like here's an example of what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. But um, with Ezra Miller, like for example, he's a guy that like is a very emotive guy. I've read a lot of articles. He talks about how he's trying to redefine, you know, what masculinity is. It's like this dude has like, if you look at him, man, he's a really good looking dude. Jawline, you know, five o'clock shadow, all these stereotypical traits of a masculine guy. But at the same time, he's a guy that'll wear a dress. At the same time, he's a guy that like well, may wear lipstick and all things like that. So... Are, is there an argument to say that he's not masculine or he's just in a different spectrum of masculinity? And I think that- like You're so masculine and confident with yourself that you can wear that dress, you can wear that lipstick and still be like, yeah, I'm a straight heterosexual man at the end of the day. I can do that no matter what. Yeah, he doesn't give, like, he doesn't give a fuck. I think, he do, I think he identifies as queer, but the, whole, the point is that like he's, like, the thing is masculinity is something that comes in a spectrum. And I think society kind of forces men to only be on one side of it, like the stereotypical barbarian, badass dude. And I mean, we kind of, it's, if you're something outside of that, it's, you, you might have a hard time, especially if you look like a person that should be like, you know, the hardcore, you know, badass type, but maybe you're a really sensitive person. Sure. And I think that goes right back to your example of, of Jason Momoa earlier in the, in the cast here where, um, you know, he's just this chiseled, hard exterior buff, you know, giant male individual, but he holds the door open for his wife and yeah. he redid her entire Mustang for her and like totally did, you know, this oh, whole yeah, yeah. Thing her, and like only like truly cares about his wife and like, well, probably more than likely, you know, express his emotions mm. within his household with her, no matter yeah. what the case is. And it's like, well, why can't every, everybody else be like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, actually, the, there's a good question I was going to bring up. So, you know, does, does the environment kind of shape how you talk to someone? For instance, you know, if a male versus a male talking about emotional stuff like that, it's maybe because it's a little bit more relatable that it's easier to talk to versus a man talking to a woman. You know, for instance, like when I was going through some stuff before I met my wife, I used to call Tadiwa. And I would just talk to him about all my other stuff, like whatever was going on. And I was like, look, like, I don't know. It just felt more comfortable talking to, to him than another, like another female. And I'm not sure why, like it was at the time, but I just, well, I don't know. Every if man's like, got his confidants. doesn't matter if it's another woman or a man. If, you know, you got somebody that you trust and is able to listen to you and give valid feedback. It doesn't matter if they're male or female. Yeah. I just didn't know if like another, if like, 
men or some men find it more easier to talk to men about their, you know, whatever emotions that they're going through versus talk to a woman. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of becoming a thing like that now where I think more men are being more receptive to hitting up other friends about like emotional things. Like if you go through, like I went through a, went through a breakup, like that shit sucks. Like I've, you know, talked to my friends and all that stuff about it because at, well, I've tried the opposite before where I tried, you know, like I call it scorched earth where essentially you just stop talking to the person. You don't, you know, you feed them on social media, all their friends. Zero dark 30. <laughs> exactly. Zero dark motherfucking 30, bro. It's like, you don't hear from me for like two years. Next time I show up, I'm looking like Thor at the end of the end game, you know, big belly <laughs> beer, like, what's up guys? You know, but as I've gotten older, I've kind of evolved out of that. And I re- this is in, in this particular situation, this was the first time where it hasn't worked for me. Or I, trust me, I tried it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to literally try to repress these emotions. Like forget like the last, you know, two years never happened. It didn't work for me. I found myself as like being uneasy every day, you know, having a hard time sleeping and things like that. So for me, I was like, hey, I got to reach out to friends and as much as it still may suck, it doesn't change the situation. It definitely helps. You just mm-hmm. feel like, man, somebody is just listening. Somebody, you know, understands what you're going through. And I found in most of my experience that like whenever I've reached out to a friend, I've always, I've always heard something from that friend that's made me feel better about the circumstance. So I think it's something that we also, I would promote more other guys to do. It's like, at the end of the day, what are friends for? And like, friends aren't only there for the highlights. You know, that's social media. You just post all the best parts of your life. Friend, your actual friends are there to, for the highs and the lows. And I think some of us men have been like programmed to only express the highs because showing the lows in terms of vulnerability and emotions to each other is quote unquote weakness when actually it makes you better because- Stronger. Absolutely. And I'm sorry, John, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm just listening. I I was going to say it it totally ties back. I just recently started reading this book and it's been on my to read list for a while. It's called Emotional Intelligence 2.0 and it's uh, written by Travis uh, Bradbury and Gene Greaves. But um, the general premise is that if, if you're not experienced with feeling certain types of emotions, then you don't know how to process those kinds of emotions and it might come out in some strange shape or form if you do let it out, if you don't repress Mm -hmm. that. But I I think that it goes back to the idea that a man is an island and it's like, well, the man is solitary in that he has his feelings and he keeps them to himself. And that's not necessarily healthy. It's not a good thing. And, Mm -hmm. And being able to have those confidants or those friends that you can trust in, that you can have those conversations with and you can feel like, well, actually, you know what? It's not just me who feels like this. There's other men or people who feel like this too. And it's not, you know, taboo to feel like this. Well, maybe it's okay for me to let it out. Yeah. Yeah. So you had, you had mentioned that, you know, whenever you go through, through things, it's like your first time doing it. So I was actually talking to, to Dave a little bit, you know, very briefly before this. So shout out to Dave. But he had mentioned that how whenever you go through something, it's, you know, it's your first time dealing with it. So you got to get critiqued on how you handle it. But it's, if sure. it's your first time experiencing it and you don't know how to deal with it, that's why you, why are you being judged for that, you know? And he had, he had brought up a good point and he had said that um, like a lot of stuff, that you only share with your, with your wife or your significant other, whoever it is. And it's kind of unfair to, to 
put that on just one person, you know? Yeah, that's true. You know, like I guess spreading out that emotional I don't want to say yeah, I, I don't want to say emotional weight or emotional burden, but mm. you but you know what I'm saying? Like just spreading out yeah. that emotional um I, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. I'll have to think about it. Yeah, but just you know emotional burden is fair. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's fair. So yeah, you know, you it's a lot of I don't know if a lot of people rely on their wife um, for, you know, their emotional support. And you have some people that don't even don't like, they don't even talk to their wife. So, you know, yeah. there's people that just bottle it in. It's just <laughs> Donald Draper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like just like, no, nothing affects him. Like, but that's the problem though. Like people like Donald Draper don't exist like in real life. You know? It's not real. Like, they don't. And you can, that's the thing. I think a lot of times are, I don't know, maybe it's, is it our role models or whatever the case is, but like, I think there's nothing wrong with it. If you get married to somebody and you said that, you know, until death do us apart, I want to be with you forever. Why would you not share the majority of aspects of your life with that person? I don't understand why us dudes seem like, I'm not going to talk to my wife about that. Why the fuck not? Like, you should express your emotions, even if it has nothing to do with them, because in some shape or form, if you aren't doing well and you're not happy or healthy, it's going to affect them. Mm-hmm. So by not expressing, I mean, I think you're actually doing yourself a great disservice because you're going to eventually comes out like no matter what you try to do, whatever you're feeling, if it's a negative emotion or even a happy one, it comes out in some shape or form. The unfortunate thing about negative emotions, when they're repressed, it's essentially the powder keg theory, where basically, no matter how, it's a, it may be a little things, you know, maybe like, rough time, you're not enjoying your job, or maybe, you know, it's something like, yeah, I don't know, like, something terrible happened to you, but you don't want to express it because you maybe you were, you're fearful your wife might look at you as weak. If you, if you, if that is the case, you might be with the wrong person, mm-hmm. because you're supposed to be with a person that embraces all of you, not just, you know, your highlights. You know, so I think that a lot of us dudes have to get out of that mindset of thinking that like if we show, you know, vulnerability, it's going to be weakness. It's going to push people away. If anything, I think that it might encourage more people to be open and in turn have have a better effect as, you know, as a whole. Exactly. And I think that ties back to the fear of being judged. You know, it it also can possibly relate to a low self-esteem. You know, where it's like, well, I don't trust this person to be able to handle it in the way that I want them to handle it. You know, well, well that's the whole point. You know, you, you share that mm-hmm. with them and you're, you're out in the unknown. You're naked with your feelings and you're, you're, you're not sure how that's going to be taken. And, and being with that type of individual, as we're saying, you know, your wife or your significant other that you've taken vows with where to the point where it should be, you know, well, why not lay out everything in the open? Yeah. Um, and, and, and not everybody has that individual, that internal confidence where they can say, well, yeah, this is how I actually feel about this. And it really tears me up or yeah. whatever the case may be, you know, and yeah. being able to have that confidence and that, that conversation with whether it be your significant other or even a stranger or, you know, a counselor or, or, you know, the whole deal with, you know, you look back at like, um, the series, The Sopranos, and the and the and sure. the controversy of you know this big macho Italian guy has to go see a therapist. You know why the fuck do you got to see a therapist? You're a you're a mafia boss. You handle your shit. Why can't yeah. you just you know power through it? 
well, you know, I got to go see a therapist because I got to handle, you know, this other shit that I got to deal with and I can't mm-hmm. trust my wife with it and I, whatever, you know? Yeah. And it just, it, it, it's that, that, that male insecurity. That's what it comes down to. It's that not knowing whether you can trust that other person to, to judge you or, or to look on you as if you're pathetic or weak or less than or, or inferior. And it's just that, that male alpha dominance that comes out. And it's like, well, I don't want to be looked at like that. So do you think the, the word, maybe do you think our, our definitions of alpha and beta might be part of the problem also as well too? Because from, us, from I guess, from my definition of alpha has always been those traits that you just talked about, like with the Sopranos guy, where it's On basically, top. yeah, you're a top, show zero weakness, no emotion. Even if you get hurt, don't show it. You're not allowed to, you know, all these things where it's like, damn, dude, you're basically, it's like basically a rule book on how to be a sociopath, you know? Sure. Even, even yeah. characters like, like uh, even characters like, I mean, I go back to John Wick, one of my favorite OGs, <laughs> or Donovan, those guys. Those yeah. people, even when they express, even when emotion is expressed, like something that like crazy, a tragedy happens to them. Have you noticed it's always when it comes from a quote unquote alpha perspective, it's always now they got to go beat the shit out of somebody. Like my girlfriend slept with some other dude. Go fuck that guy up. Someone killed the Rampage, you know, or, yeah. you know, gang, like 007, like the epitome of probably a lot of toxic traits. Like James Bond is the fucking woman alcoholic probably mentally unstable and is definitely a sociopath but there's a clip right there (laughs) absolutely but the traits that we've we've associated those traits of that's alpha because when i think of james bond i immediately put all the negative things out of my head i'm like dude's badass i would love to be james bond when you think about it you're like ah shit no probably not you probably wouldn't want to be that person but what feels good sometimes yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's it's one of those things where I don't know. I think maybe we might have to almost redefine what alpha and beta is because there is definitely beta. I mean, I think we need to talk about that also as well too. Where beta basically essentially is, I mean, there's no other way to say it. Being a bitch, <laughs> that is something as well too. Where versus the dom, exactly. Like where I mean, I've always defined as like I always looked at like you know if beta are people that when they're knocked down they stay down. Like the slightest can knock them over. It's like, you know, there's yeah. that quote that says, you know, does it fall down, you know, fall down seven, stand up eight. I, I can't know. take it. I'm going to lay on the ground and I'm going to just wait till it's over. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. You know, yeah, God, you know. Yeah. Don't yeah. hurt me. <laughs> exactly, man. So but, it's but like, if there's something wrong with that. That's, that's the issue. And that's where that male alpha dominance trait comes from where it's, well, it's one or the other. It's I'd, I'd rather be an alpha than a beta. So this is how alphas are and that's how i need to be i need to be that shield that stoic male who never falters never loses his composure under pressure um has the utmost confidence knows what to do next is that fearless wartime leader and everybody trusts to go to to solve the issue to solve the problem to be that guy whereas the alternative is to be that beta where you're the follower you're the sheep you're the the lay the, the lay down you know so to speak and it's well yeah. we don't have to be defined to one or the other you know it sure if you want to be an alpha be an alpha if you want to be a beta be a beta okay but why does it have to be defined to one or the other yeah it's like if, what if you miss being an alpha by like one point you're like fuck are you a beta now 
You know, is there no middle ground? Is there nothing else that you can possibly be? Or is it only like you just said, one or the other? And I think that's the problem because how, and not everyone can be a fucking alpha, dude. You mean like every fucking dude is an alpha, like 90% of the male po- population on earth, we're all alphas. We blown each other up long, long ago. <laughs> exactly. Would not you know? be <laughs> so, yeah. so here, so let me ask this then. Do you guys feel comfortable talking about your emotions and I'll, I'll, I'll go first and I'll, I'll say it took me a while to be able to express that. Um, when I was like in my late or my, I'm sorry, the fuck my early twenties, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of wore my heart on my sleeves. So everyone fucking knew what it was. I was a very, I tried to be the center of attention, all that stuff. And just my emotions were out there, but you know, life happened and I kind of like shuddered in and all my emotions were kind of just bottled up. And now it's kind of been like a slow process to not show my, you know, have my heart on my sleeve anymore, but more so of just being a little bit more open and more um, receptive of, of, of talking about my emotions, whether that be with my wife or with Tadiwa or whoever it is, you know, it's, it is like a slow process. And I'm not saying that it's overnight. Like you just, just, say fuck it you know you just talk about all your emotions it's not for me at least it's been an ongoing process and it's not it's not a full completed process yet but i feel like i'm a little bit more in tune with my body if that makes sense yeah you know absolutely i think it comes from a place of of needing to be able to trust Mm -hmm. and if the trust is there whether it be a male a female a husband a wife a friend a stranger it comes down to the fact whether that male feels like he can trust in not being judged, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not being taken for granted or being biased or prejudiced and say, Oh yeah, you're weak. You're, you're, you're nothing. Or, you know what, actually let's turn that around. You know what, actually you're a strong individual. You know, you can handle your emotions. You can speak up and you can vocalize about what's going on in your head, what's going on in your heart. Mm-hmm. So, it, it all is, a, it's just, I think it goes back to a societal um, issue where it's that mob mentality where people are like, oh, yeah, 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 he's weak because he can't do that. Where everybody else is like, well, I wouldn't, you know, I personally couldn't do that because I don't have the competence to do that. So, yeah, it's let's let's jump on that guy and call him weak so that we don't look weak, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. True. It's like uplifting yourself by putting other people down. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, to John's point, I mean, in terms of emotions, I think I want to say that I've learned how to, I guess, uh, control my emotions because I've always been an emotional individual. And I think that during the different courses of my life, you know, when I was in my young, later 20s, like early, well, early 20s, I would say that I, I knew how to control certain emotions, like anger and you know, you know, jovialness and elation, all that stuff. Like I was always, you know, pretty good about it, but I always had a hard time with some of the negative ones in terms of like, you know, I guess like sadness or, you know, sorrow and like depression, like they always came out in extremes because I never had practice with them. And then with myself and then practice almost like being comfortable expressing that with somebody else. I personally took leaps and bounds and, you know, I guess growth with being in a relationship. I think that I had a hard time doing it by myself because I think I'd always put myself in situations where I never had to deal with it. 
like I was always, you know, out, you know, drinking, having a good time and stuff like that. So I didn't have to deal with things. If something made me like sad, I would immediately find a way to jump to the opposite side of the spectrum and be like, okay, I'm not going to deal with this crap. I'm going to go out, you know, do something. Go to the drink. <laughs> exactly. I go do yeah. the drink, you know, and that was something for a very long time though, like my vice where it eventually became an issue for me because when I did have to deal with those emotions, they would come out and the floodgates would open. It would be like something and some small thing, but I've had 20 things backed up behind it and the floodgates would open. Yeah. And through, I think when I was in a relationship, the thing that I uh, really enjoyed about it was the idea of saying I can be my 100% self with somebody because to your point, uh, to your point, I, I was insecure and feared judgment about the negative side because I'm like, I had, I have an, I guess I had an image that I subconsciously was trying to maintain. I was like, well, at the end of the day, you know, I don't, I don't care if I only get to be 60% of myself most of the time, because at the end of the day, the other 40% I can handle by myself. Right. But as you get older, you realize that no, you need to be your whole self. Otherwise what you don't deal with eventually is going to turn rotten. And it was, I mean, it was difficult, you know, I mean, being 29 now, I've, I know a lot more about myself through, I learned a lot more about myself through tragedy and, said dark times than I have have during good times and I think that once you kind of accept your emotions you can at least take the step to you know learn how to deal with them because that's half the battle you know half of us don't want to deal with them like I don't want to deal with like you know like even right now like you know I'm going through like a break a breakup and all my stuff it's like do I feel the best no I don't you know currently but it's one of those things where get Talk to me 10 years ago, man. I don't even know where I'd be. I might be fucking blacked out, drunk somewhere. I might be mad somewhere. I don't know. I might be fucking, you know, crying. Who knows? But it'd be all over the place versus mm-hmm. now where I'm just processing this one emotion. And when it go, when I'm over it, I'm over it. Right. And the, the time it takes is the time it takes. And I'm just, I've accepted it, you know, and that's something that I think is emotional growth. But a lot of times I think a lot of guys don't want to deal with that. They kind of just dance around it or jump around it and, that's why you end up sometimes with man children where you see some people are like, you know, 40, 50 years old, still acting like, you know, they're back in college or don't know how to deal with the golden days. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it just depends on the person, but I would advocate for all dudes to get in touch with their emotions. doesn't mean, you know, fucking, you know, break down every time something happens, but, you know, process the emotion, however it comes out, process it. And if you do that often, you eventually won't end up being something extreme. You end up being something that's refined and you probably streamline how you deal with things. Yep. And, yeah. And, and so, back, um, oh, go ahead, John. Sorry. Well, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, you know, this is kind of a, um, kind of like a two way street too, you know, um, you know, we had mentioned something about this maybe on, a, on an earlier episode about how, um, you know, if you, if you do something, maybe it'll catch on, you know, for instance, um, <clears throat> we haven't really, um, explained our, our, uh, there's a, I'm going to go on a side tangent, but we didn't really explain like why we had our, our name, but long story short, we were playing a game on how much you would do, um, you know, how much would it take for you to do a certain act. And the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, once someone had submitted an answer, other people started to feel more comfortable and say their answer. And I think you can kind of relate that with, um, you know, you being able to express your emotions, if someone else sees that it's okay to, that, you know, that you're feeling comfortable with talking about your emotions, maybe someone else will kind of either 
feel feel a little bit more comfortable to chime in. You know, it's kind of like a what is the word? Um, icebreaker. Icebreaker, or it's not a mimic, but yeah, I guess you know, I guess it is an icebreaker. But they they yeah. would feel more comfortable, and then you know, it's a a catching on thing. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know what you're saying. You're yeah, essentially like if you one person shows like the courage to do something, it might encourage other people to do it. Like yeah, or, like even on that rooftop over in New York, yeah. for the guy, for people for our viewers that haven't uh, don't know the story, essentially. No, we're story about, today. <laughs> yeah, how much money would it co- how much money would it cost you to sleep with the makeup artist Jeffree Star? And you know, if you guys haven't seen what Jeffrey Star looks like, Jeffrey Star is a very interesting looking individual. He's like, I don't even know what species this man is, but this dude Goodness is gracious. He's outrageous, right? But the funny thing about it was that people started the more honest everyone in that conversation was, the more it became contagious. Obviously, everyone started with outrageous numbers. Oh, it would cost me ten billion dollars to do that. That number by the end of the night got down to like, I think it was like what, three K? It was like that. Yeah, it wasn't even that bad. I'm pretty sure even that number was a lie. I'm pretty sure it's like if like if there weren't fear of judgment, probably like a hundred bucks. But the point is that people were more honest when everyone else was more honest. So mm-hmm. to like if if male if other males are more vulnerable and are express their emotions, you're gonna find other people that are doing it. And I think it starts with some of these people that are like, you know, I guess I wouldn't say I don't know, icons or people in these positions of power that, you know you know, it will exude these emotions. Like, I know for me, Gerald is a person that's had probably a significant influence in my life, admittedly. Because this guy has been a person where it's like, if you look at him, you probably think Joe Rogan is just a stereotypical, like, meathead, douchebag, all that stuff. But this yep. guy's a super philosophical yep. human, human being. Also, this guy is a UFC commentator. He can tell you how to break a man's neck in 10 seconds. At the same time, he can tell you how to, uh, you know, can tell you how to, like, you know, open your mind and expand to different ideas. Like, and also, at the same time, he can tell you how to, you know, change, you know, you know, process emotions. And I think when you see somebody that looks like they should not be able to process all these things and actually understands all these things, it encourages other people to do other things. Right. And that's that's how it started with me as well, too. So, and, and Ted, it's exactly, exactly your point. You, you look at our current society today, you look at 2020, you look at the meme culture that we have, and then you take a look at the red table with Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith, and the mm-hmm. fact that Will Smith crying became exactly. a meme of 2020 just goes to show you how vulnerable male masculinity is today. Mm. Very true. Very true. That is a a good thing to to end on you know i guess the whole thing is you know check up on check up on your friends you know you don't you don't really know what they're going through unless you ask and whether they are open to it or not you know at least just having that option that you know if they ever do need to talk to someone that they're that there's someone there to talk to you know check up on your kings all that stuff you know just make sure that they understand that there is someone there that is that you know that will be there for you if you ever do need that help you know and it starts okay at the end of the day too you know you tell your friends hey look it's okay to tell your friends hey look i love you guys like i love you bro whatever the case may be i love you guys express your emotions (laughs) i got johnny media's like i love you guys yeah i love you guys No, I well, okay. I didn't say it like that. I said I love you guys. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> you said it with a perfect execution. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Like I said, yeah. I think that's a you know that's kind of like the overall theme of what we wanted what we wanted 
to kind of talk about, you know, it's okay to, to talk about your emotions and, you know, there is, there is a, uh, what is the word I want to use? Uh, shit. I fucking, I don't know what it was. Anyway, if you like this episode, smash that like button, smash that follow button, wherever the fuck you listen to us. Um, follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Puzzled Minds Podcast. Twitter is Puzzled Minds Pod. And our email is puzzledmindspodcast at gmail.com, where we do encourage anyone and everyone to shoot us an email with a topic that you would like us to discuss. Last but not least, thank you, official block of the week, uh, for the Instagram weekly episode cover arts. Other than that, everyone stay puzzled.